we are working extremely hard to truly care about our customers every day think about what we can do differently to bring happiness to the customers to those users including k-12 schools you know healthcare organizations or telemedicine telehealth and also there are so many new things in the pipeline eric we met about what now i guess about five years ago and since that time zoom has entered the language as a as a, a verb so much has changed and so tell us very briefly what's going on with zoom right now thank you michael you're so right and uh, since we met five or six years ago i think a lot of things have changed right three years ago we became a public company we are working so hard to focus on innovation and last year on many fronts that was extremely challenging but uh, the good news is we finally i think our dream is coming true to leverage our technology to truly help the world to have people stay connected during the the pandemic crisis time i can tell you we're very excited about the future but again i think one thing that is not a change is the amount of the work still a lot so i remember when we first met you spoke a lot about customer happiness how do you think about customer happiness today at the size the scale that zoom is at yeah customer happiness it is still our core value that is not a change at all actually we do feel more responsibility we need to do more because prior to pandemic crisis you know, Zoom was built to serve for enterprise, business, or garment customers. But since last year, we had so many new users, consumers, consumers, new use cases. We feel like we have more responsibility. Not only do we deliver happiness to the enterprise customers, but also we would like to embrace all those new use cases and do more to care about them. The number of different use cases. You're no longer just enterprise by any means. First of all, you know we got to look at everything from a customer perspective. We cannot say, hey, let's ignore this uh, user or that customer. That's not right. So we got to make sure before we make any decision, always look at it from customer and the user new use case perspective. Not always look at it from our perspective. That's number one. That's always our principle. Number two is. You know, because of, we have so many first-time new users, they may not know Zoom well, and not like some enterprise customers. We already worked together for a long time. The the trust is already established. We need to keep everything open and transparent. Make sure we share with them, communicate with them about why we are going to make this change, why we are going to upgrade the client to the next degree, to next version. You know, we got to make sure communicate with them well. Because a lot of new users this is the first time consumers, right? That's the second thing. Third thing internally, you know, we got to still focus on our company culture. That's extremely important. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, given the all the work in the hard work in the pipeline, and especially we are all working from home. You know, it's not that easy to be stuck from home for such a long time. Anxiety, depression. And a lot of issues in how to make sure we care about our employees, and then together we care about the customers. I think that's also very important. That's why you know we really focus on to maintain our company the culture.
Why is company culture so important in this? And I'm thinking broadly about, I think the term customer experience, you call it customer happiness, more broadly customer experience. What is the role of corporate culture and why is that so challenging for everybody? Company culture, fundamentally, I think that's a number of important thing. I give an example, back to the last April, March or May, you know, in December of 2019, if you look at the daily meeting participant on a peak day around 10 million, back in March and April, 30 times more. It jumped too quickly to 300 million daily meeting participants. A lot of work, right? In terms of adding capacity and fix some small glitches here and there, not only for our data center here, but all over the world, right? If we do not invest to our company culture, I can tell you a lot of employees, they might quit already. Because it's huge pressure, and you work very hard around the clock. That's why when you invest in the company culture, employees realized this is the best time we should work hard to really help the world, right? And employees, they, they did not complain. They just move forward with all the solutions, with the plan, right? That's number one. Number two is if you do not invest in the culture and give it all the workload, you really cannot hire enough people. We more than double the size of a company last year because of a company culture. A lot of employees, they joined us, they shared the reason why I want to join Zoom because I heard, you know, the stories heard from my friends. They really enjoy working at Zoom. That's why I also want to join Zoom as well. That's another way for us to grow our business. Eric, you talk about investing in corporate culture, company culture. Can you break that down for us? What, what does that mean in, in more concrete terms? First of all, what's your company culture, right? You have to write down that, right? So our company culture, just the two words, deliver happiness. Meaning for me, I'm the CEO of the company. My number one priority is to make sure our employee happy. And together as a business, we make our customer happy. That's our company culture. And it boils down to our company value. Our company value is just one word, care. Meaning care for the community, customer, company, teammates, as well as ourselves. First of all, you have to write down that and live with that every day. So every all-hands meeting, every time you got to talk about that. Also, when you hire new employees, make sure you hire those who can fit very well to your company's core value and culture. That's the second thing. The third thing, what if some employees, they might break the rule, right? And uh, this conflict with the company uh, uh, value, right? What are you going to do, right? Are you going to stay with the company core value, the culture, or you will say, oh, that employee really important, right? You should give them exception, right? This, will, going to, this is going to test, you know, your company the culture and value. That's the third thing. Last but not least is, for every day, right? Every day you are going to make a lot of lots of decisions, right? Not only from CEO's level, but also for managers. When you make a decision, can you make sure every time before you make the final decision, can you double check, make sure will this decision follow your company's value or culture or not? A lot of things like this can really help you and to evolve and shape to maintain the company, the culture and the value. How much time do you spend personally on issues 
of culture versus, say, product development? Early this year, I shared with our team in the all-hands meeting because there's so many, a lot of things moving around. And uh, sometimes I'm extremely busy. I told our team, you know, uh, I, I would like to only focus on three things. One, company-wide culture. That's number one. Two is our platform play. So meaning, you know, we are going to transform our business from being a killer video conferencing app company to be a platform company. A lot of new stuff, new things I need to involve. That's on the product side. Also, I'd like to join some of the you know, big, you know, the, the deals, right? To talk with the customers, you know, share with them vision. The reason why I also want to learn from customers, especially for the big enterprise customers, try to understand their pain point. And then we can come back with a solution to be the first vendor, hopefully, to come up with a solution. This is also related to our product side. Essentially, the company-wide culture and product. That's the two top priorities for me to work on. We have a question from Twitter from Arsalan Khan, who's a regular listener and asks great questions. And Arsalan, thank you for your questions and for listening. And he asks, he says, there are other video conference tools aside from Zoom. What specific strategies have you used to enhance your culture to come out in front or to ask another way, what is the role of culture in supporting the growth and the success of, of Zoom? First of all, I would say when it comes to growth, don't look at it from internal perspective. You know, you cannot just look at the metrics, let's do this, do that. That normally that's not sustainable. When you look at the growth, first of all, you should think about the value. What kinds of value you can create? You can add more value to your customers. Right? Today, customer, let's say they are using the video conferencing many years ago. We added our second product, Zoom Phone. It's doing very well. The reason why, because several years ago, we talked to the customers. Customers, they share with us the pain point. They wanted us to build one consistent solution. And that's the pain point. We listened to our customer. And then we came back, worked so hard to come up with a solution. And then we added, we added a value to our customer. Then it can drive our growth. So ultimately, when you look at a growth, always look at it from a customer perspective. Solicit your feedback, talk with them, understand the pain point, and think about, are there any things you can do differently to add more value to customers? Then you can drive up the growth. I think lots of companies talk about that, talk about, you know, we have to put the customer in the center. It's really become almost a kind of buzzword. And so how do you take that and operationalize it so that it spreads throughout your organization and the company makes decisions in a practical way based on this? As I mentioned earlier, you have a company culture. We are employees. We all understand every day we are working so hard. Not for us, it's for our customers. We work for our customers. Make sure from a high level, you have that principle. But secondly, you got to lead by example. Like for me, whenever I get any escalations, even from a single, even free users, even not a paid users, whenever they ask to me, I never ignore that. Do all I can to make sure to respond, to tell them we are going to care about you. Even some free users, they call us 
we still want to help them out, right? Also, every day I join some of the customer meetings, right? If I do not do that, customer say, I even I want to talk with the CEO to understand the vision. If you say, hey, I'm busy, I do not have time, they are not going to trust you anymore, right? You got to lead by example. So if we think about broadly, again, this notion of customer experience, it's not just a marketing veneer, but it penetrates deeply through the operations of the business. Right on, especially when it comes to software as a service. Remember, software is just a product. But the most important thing is the service, not only about the product itself, but every interaction in terms of the, 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 they call you and they try to understand your, your roadmap or they have issues they want to ask it. Do you really care about them or not? Otherwise, customers say, I do not trust this, trust this company anymore. They are going to cancel your service. They have a freedom, right? That's why software service does bring you value, right, of the care. If you do not care the customer, you're going to lose the trust. They are going to go with other vendors. You've grown so rapidly. How fast have you grown over the last few years? Actually, prior to pandemic crisis, we were already growing very fast. And however, I think, uh, you know, if you look at the last 12 months, I would say that's a hyper growth uh, on many fronts, right? In, in terms of usage, we also have a quarterly revenue growth. And we double the size of the company on many fronts. I would say, wow, this is a hyper growth. And we would like to make sure we leverage this opportunity to think big. And not only do we care about the existing customers, also think about what we can do differently for the future innovation. Because, you know, our vision is we think somebody in the future, a video conference like Zoom can deliver a better experience than face-to-face meeting. We are not there yet. I think we, if we can, you know, somebody imagine a world where you and I have a call, I can give you a heart, you feel my intimacy, you get a cup, a cup, a cup of a coffee, I can enjoy the smell remotely, real-time language, AI-based translation. I think if we can get there, to be the first vendor to get there, I think we can maintain that hyper growth. That's why we need to think about a future innovation. So how do you incorporate these various kinds of use cases and situations? I don't even know. Can you call that a use case? In, you know, a wedding or a, you know, or a funeral? Michael, frankly speaking, we never thought about that. You know, those new use cases. You know, they are going to use Zoom prior to the pandemic crisis. I can tell you, prior to the pandemic crisis, I do not think my kids they know what I'm doing. On the first of the day. Then when they join the online classes, my daughter, she asked the question, how do I raise the hand during the Zoom class? I, I you know, this is the first time, first day I realized, wow, I never thought about that. I was a K-12 schools, right? Like a Zoom marriage, it's also legal in New York, right? Think about that. It's, it's so sweet, right? You can get married, right? And over Zoom platform, a lot of new use cases, right? And the two people the high school did not see each other for a long time. You know, 70 years later, they, they can talk over Zoom and they have a wicked call. You feel very proud if you can help people stay connected with all kinds of new use cases. Like uh, I worked from home for such a long time. Mental health is very important, right? You talk with, uh, you know, doctors, you know, telemedicine, telehealth, all those new use cases like online yoga class, I think it can really help, 
you know, especially when we are, you know, stuck, you know, during the pandemic crisis. We have another question from Twitter again from Arsalan Khan. He's he's an attentive listener, and he asks, "How do you encourage your ecosystem to understand, accept, and align to your culture?" As I mentioned earlier, we need to keep everything open and transparent. Share with them what we are doing, right? To share with our ecosystem, like uh, you know, last year, you know, I. I I, I had the, the weekly webinar, now I have monthly webinar and share the privacy, security, share whatever we're doing. And also the audience can ask any questions. That's one. The two is make sure you sit down, you know, with the, with the customers, partners or developers, right? From your ecosystem. That's why based on the feedback, we doubled it down on our SDK business. Also, we're going to announce the Zoom apps as well to make sure certain party, they can build all kinds of integrations, also embedded uh, the different context uh, you know, into the Zoom in, in, uh, interface as well, right? That's a way for us to care about our uh, you know, uh, ecosystem. Meaning you sit down, listen to them first, and then take actions. I'm sure there are, there are times when you have to make a choice between investing in stakeholder happiness, whether it's your employee happiness, customer happiness, ecosystem partners, and their happiness and satisfaction, where you have to choose between that and the costs and the impact on profitability, what have you. So how do you how do you make those balance between happiness and meeting business goals? I think our principle here at Zoom is before we make any decision, we always want to make sure every decision makers, they always ask for three questions for every decision. Will this decision benefit our customers? Will this decision benefit our employees? Will this decision be sustainable or not? We really do not look at the profitability or other you know, metrics. You know, like last year, we decided to offer the free services to K-12 schools, around 25 countries, 125,000 K-12 schools. No one I can tell you at Zoom challenge, hey, what if the cost is high? What, what, what's the impact to the profitability to cash flow? Nobody even asked the question. Everything about, yes, this will benefit our community, benefit the country, benefit the society. We should do it, right? As profitability, it's not all, all cash flow, all those financial metrics, are just a shorter metric. It's not a sustainable. The sustainable metrics we care about, care about is make sure bringing more value to our customers and also care about our employees more. So you've operationalized this notion of customer happiness so that it, it filters through the decisions that you make, but also as you were talking, the culture uh, through the through these questions, which then drive decision-making processes throughout the company? Yes, not only decisions that my, I made, my direct report, all the managers, because that's kind of our business principle at Zoom. For every decision, no matter who made that decision, always ask those three questions before you make the final decision. We have another question from Twitter, and this is from Constance Woodson, who wants to know, how do you think about a full cycle recruitment process and 
during recruitment, what's most important? What are the things that you look at? Even prior to pandemic crisis, we, you know, we always talk about how to recruit employees. Uh, we have internal, you know, a process a policy. Our business principle on recruiting new employees is look at the two things, self-motivation and self-learning. That business principle remains the same. We all, we really do not look at, you know, your, your background or that much, meaning which company you, you worked for before, which universities you graduated from, what you did it before. We really focus on two things, self-motivation. Motiv make sure you can motivate yourself when you have a downtime, right? And you, when you, you know, are, are facing the challenges. And also you would like to learn. You, you want to be proactive to learn, right? The self-learning. Those two things are extremely important when we look at the, you know, the hiring new employees. Also, the challenge, you know, especially last year, it came from the onboarding process. It used to be we flew all the employees to our headquarters in you know, one week. We gathered together, you know, nice in-person meetings, dinners, lunch together. We knew each other. Now, its onboarding process is completely different. It's very, very challenging. You know, the new employees, they do not know each other. And the existing employees and new employees, they also do not know each other. I cannot shake hands, give them a hug, right? We cannot have a dinner together. How to, you know, pivot your onboarding process to embrace the remote workers, that's very challenging. We're still learning. We're still on the way to, you know, to learn. One of the questions that I've been asked a number of times, I recently did, for example, a webinar for, for Slack, and this came up, which is how do you, during, during this period of remote working, how do you bring in remote folks and establish uh, the kind of informal, comfortable communications that happen so easily in an office but seems very difficult to do when you need to set up, you know, let's have a meeting at 10 and it eliminates the kind of spontaneity. So how do you overcome that? Do you have any thoughts or ideas? There's no need to schedule so many meetings, right? You know, we also use the chat functionality as well, right? It's quite often just to send, Michael, I have a question and send you a chat message and, you know, we can get a thing sorted it out. If needed, I just one click and call you. You and I can talk for five minutes a lot of instant meetings. No need to schedule. And also the meeting very fast. This is five minutes or 10 minutes. Also, we do not like to schedule long meetings, especially like five or 10 people for one hour meeting. It's very costly, right? Especially don't schedule the back-to-back -back meetings. I think leverage, you know, just the chat message, instant meetings, short meetings. And also on Wednesdays here, in, there's no internal meeting on Wednesdays, right? It's because we want to give our employee more time to think, right? You know, to get it, to make sure they focus on their, their work, right? So a lot of the times you even do not need to schedule a meeting. You've been growing so rapidly. How do you, what are the kind of challenges that come up when a company is growing so explosively? You need to make sure the employees already work extremely hard, right? You got to do Happens them, right? That's why we more than double the size of a company, right? You need to have more resources to help you out. Otherwise, you know, the, the employees, you know, you know, they're already, you know, burning out, right? You know, every day is 24 hours, right? Just, you, you, you make sure you think about how to, you know, hire more resources to help. That's number one. Number two is make sure 
employees really understand, you know, the, the company's uh, the vision, right? So make sure they understand every day that working so hard for what, right? And that's a big, you know, dream, right? We all want to have the world to help people stay connected. Don't always let us think about, oh, every day that's so busy. Think about, you know, in the long run, what you can achieve, right? By working hard, by delivering happiness to the customers, you know, make sure they understand that. Also, you know, also you need know, to make sure the capitalism, right? You know, do more things proactively. Don't let employees they, they, they complain about something, then you do something. It's too late. You look at everything, all the managers, you know, senior executives, look at it from employee perspective. Like, like last year, I mean, double down on our health care uh, benefits, right? And the free grocery delivery and more mental health help. You might get the speakers and be some feedback, you know, with, while doing so many things, right, proactively to care about your employees. We have another question from Twitter, and this is from Jeff Susna, who's asking, how do you ensure that it's not just a matter with employees of sink or swim? What kind of support do you give to employees to ensure that they can do their best under these very trying circumstances. So again, it's an employee happiness issue. When it comes to employees, I think that will start from a hiring process, right? You want to hire those employees, they really share the, the, the value, right? They want to come to Zoom. They want to make the world a better place. They really want to help and build a solution to help the people stay connected. I think we should start from that first. After they join Zoom and also, we, as I mentioned earlier, right, they understand, you know, employer, the Zoom, we do care about them. But ultimately, we want to make sure, also, we want to make sure our employees, why you work from Zoom? What's the definition of a success, right? We, we, we communicate with, very well with our employees. I, every time in a new employee orientation meeting, I always share, share with our employees. I want to make sure all of us, all the employees, existing employees, new employees, myself included, Every day we think about what we can do differently to become a better version of ourselves. You add more and more values to yourself first, right? And in 10 or 20 years, when you retire, when you look back, you will, you will say, yeah, I enjoyed working from Zoom. Guess what? I became a better version of myself. I think that's a definition of success. As long as employees they are aware of that, they would like to learn, they motivate themselves, we become better of ourselves. Guess what? Our business will continue growing. And our business will be happy, employee also will be happy too. Seems to me that that creates a very significant burden for you or anybody that is talking about it this way. Because if you don't follow through, then you will lose trust because people will think, oh, you know, it's just. Uh, pretty words, but without meaning. So you're creating a very high bar for yourself. Very true. That's the reason why trust is everything, right? And the speed of a trust, that's a wonderful book. And author is a Stephen Covey. That's our favorite book. Every employee that Zoom, we highly recommend they read that book, right? With, with the trust, I think everything is easier because they are not going to challenge your intention. They trust you. They know you want to help them out, right? That's why it's easier. Otherwise, quite often the problems 
comes from you have a great attention, you want to make a decision, they do not trust you. Then you have an execution problem. During the course of this last year, as Zoom just became so widely known, it put you personally, it put Zoom under the spotlight and and in such intense scrutiny, I can hardly imagine what that would be like. And so what's it like being (laughs) basically scrutinized by everybody all the time (laughs) on on a national basis? Yeah, so on the one hand, it's a great question. A lot of people mentioned, wow, you need to go through all those uh, scrutiny, very challenging. I, I, I do not look at it that way. I would say they are all trying to help us from different angles, right? Either, you know, either positive feedback, either the negative feedback, PR, whatever. I think they are all trying to help us. If you get something done right, this is great. Thank you for, for pleasing Zoom. If we did not do something right, maybe we do not know it. They tell us we are going to fix that. Keep everything open and transparent. Guess what? Who is going to benefit? Zoom. We become better and a stronger company. Even it's challenging because last year I had more sleepless nights than any time in my career. But it turned out the companies become better and stronger because we wanted to leverage that opportunity, right? Make sure we double down, triple down on our execution. Make sure any feedback we received, right or wrong, take a step back. Do we really have that problem? If you do, fix that. If you don't, it's great. Double down on that. It's always good. I do not think that's a scrutiny. I would say they are helping us. I was kind of laughing when you were talking a little bit because I'm thinking to myself, it's very hard when the entire world is kind of screaming at you and yelling at you. Uh, it's very hard to sit back and adopt that attitude. Well, all of these people are helping helping us. It's a very health, healthy attitude, but it's really, really hard to do. Yeah, because looking back, I, I can tell you, Michael, seriously, I appreciate it for all those feedbacks. Even some, you know, sometimes, you know, some other people mention, oh, that may not be fair. I think everything is fair. All those feedbacks, I appreciate because ultimately we are benefiting from that. We become a better and stronger company. I do remember years ago when we first met and Zoom was growing quickly, but it was a much smaller company than it is now. I would send you emails of feature suggestions or, you know, I have a particular use case relating to CXO talk. And I do remember at that time, uh, you always responded very quickly. And and so that attitude that you've described, I think, is something that's not new for you or for Zoom. I will say that. By the way, Michael, you know that quite a few of the important features actually came from your feedback. Right. If we ignore your feedback, if you do not respond, guess what? We do not have those innovations. Right. That's why, you know, take those feedback seriously. Always we benefit our company, benefit our product because we listen, you know, to the great users like you. We have another question from Twitter from Elizabeth Shaw, who says, is it she says it's important for employees to know why they're working so hard. What is the why? Is it the core mission? Is it to make money? Again, how do you balance the multiple interests that a now you're a public company? I think, first of all, I would say it's everything first. 
right? It, there's no, no one driver. Make sure everything, right? You cannot say, oh, employee work hard because it's the vision or because you know, that's everything, right? That's one. The two is make sure when our employees work hard, make sure they understand that also will help them to, to let them, you know, grow to become a better one of themselves. Because essentially, if you work hard, you learn so many things, learn new skills, you know how to communicate, you know how to lead, right? You, you, you know how to write a better code. Guess what? You are getting better. When you are getting better, our business will benefit from, benefit from, uh, from that. And this is the value you learn, you gain by working hard. It's always with you. That's your value. What kind of metrics do you have or how do you think about the metrics for the success of your culture? Is it purely, are, is it, are they just financial metrics? Are there other kinds of metrics? How do you evaluate that? I do not think that's one metrics can measure that. However, but you can look at it, you know, from so many different angles, different metrics. First, first of all, you know, we're a public company, right? You got to keep growing. If you think of doing something right, for sure, you can keep growing your business. Somehow, if your business does not grow, you got to understand what had happened, right? Because employee may not be happy, right? That's for sure is driven by financial metrics. That's one. Two is you also need to do a lot, lot of uh, survey, right? So make sure, try to and solicit the feedback. Right, like we have all hands meeting, and employees they can ask about any questions anonymously. Right, based on those questions, we also understand what they are saying, what they are thinking, and what's the feeling. Right, that's why we also have a happiness crew team at Zoom. All those you know employees volunteer, right, come up with some ideas, proactively they care about employees because sometimes all those ideas are coming from our employees. Right, I think so many smaller things together we try to get a sense. What's the feeling from our employees? You have a happiness team at Zoom. Yeah, we do. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's all a volunteer, right? Employees volunteer. We do not have a full-time job on that. Just the employees from a remote of a different office, they organize, we call a happiness crew, and yeah, to help us. Do you have a view on where the world of work is going? into this next period of time? One thing for sure I know is we are not going to go back to office five days a week, right? That's just, that is, that will change forever. The way for us to work, to learn, to live and play is different after the pandemic crisis. Essentially, we already did the stress test. When we are all working from home, by and large, there's no productivity loss. For sure, there are some other side effects like uh, anxiety, depression, mental health, and a lot of work. We need to fix that. Having said that, I, I think the way for us to work in the future will be hybrid work. But there's uh, multiple ways to support a hybrid work, meaning two days or three days in the office or at home, or maybe this week we all work from home, you know, or in, you know, or this office today in, in, uh, uh, working from home, that office in uh, other cities, they can work uh, in the office. It's multiple ways to support that. But overall, I think we need to give employees flexibility. You cannot force every employee. You have to come to office five days a week. You are going to lose all those employees to your competitors. And we have another question from Twitter. You can see I take the questions from 
Twitter. I love getting the questions uh, from Twitter and from LinkedIn. When a company has hyper growth for a sustained period, compromises must be made. And so how do you balance the customer, the mission of customer happiness against the operational challenges associated with just sustained growth such as you've experienced? Actually, every day, well, we are facing that kind of a challenge. You are so right. You know, sometimes there's no perfect solution. Right? Between, let's, let's say you have a new feature, a new innovation, and you really want to release it out as quickly as possible. However, you know, the, the, the enterprise customers or consumers, you know, they like that. Maybe, you know, uh, you know telehealth, telemedicine, or online classroom, they do not like that. You know, how to b- balance that, right? How to compromise. That's why it's, things are indeed getting harder, right? As, however, the way for us to look at that, make sure we're always doing the right thing. You know, at the cost of the speed a little bit. Used to be speed at everything at the zoo. We are start a company just to move quickly as fast as we can, just to keep it growing. Don't worry. If you are making a mistake, fix that and move forward. That's always our mantra before. Now, given the size of a company, given the, you know, you know, the, the importance, we cannot do that anymore. We want to make sure doing the right things first, even sometimes you have to sacrifice the speed. You know, some of the features we already delayed several times. The reason why we want to make sure, look at all the scenarios, make sure don't let any users down. So unfortunately, that's a you know, compromise, but you have to do that. You started out as an enterprise software company. Can you say that there are significant differences in the way the company runs, how you manage and lead now that you're both enterprise and so broadly uh, consumer-based? For enterprise customers, the way you work normally, you work together with enterprise IT team or CIOs, right? You share with them in everything. They have, uh, you know, uh, uh, we call that, you know, PUC. And, you know, they're going to test your service before they deploy, before they roll out to all the employees. It can enable some features, disable some features. But when it comes to first-time consumers, they do not have IT team. So not only do you offer the service to them, but also you play the role of IT. You need to make sure what kind of a feature, default features you want to turn on. You know, like we made a lot of changes, right? By default, the password is there, waiting room for the K-12 schools, we do not show the meeting ID, a lot of things. The reason why we're doing that, we want to embrace those new users, consumers, new use cases. Right? That's very, very important. Eric, as we finish up, what advice do you have to other business leaders who are struggling with trying to balance growth and improving customer experience at the same time? I think a lot of business leaders have real trouble with this, managing that issue? I think all of us, we all want to maintain the high growth or maintain the growth for sure. But sometimes some, some growth are not sustainable, right? Don't look at a short-term growth. Look at long-term sustainable growth. Sometimes you take a step back. You feel like you're, you are going to slow down and you do not focus on speed. Guess what? In the future, you can come back with hyper growth. However, if you always focus on a short-term result, you know, doing a lot of things, right, without thinking through and 
down the road, I think it will come back, right? Your, 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 your growth will be stored, right? That's why I say always look at everything. That's the reason why I had a Zoom before I make a decision, always ask the question, is that a decision sustainable or not, right? That's why if there's confidence between a short-term gain and a long-term, always focus on long-term. And that's your philosophy for guiding Zoom and the decisions and the culture inside Zoom. Yes, absolutely. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Eric Yuan, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today. Thank you for having me, Michael. I really appreciate it for our time. Thank you. Everybody, thank you for watching. Now, before you go, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button at the top of our website so we can send you our really great newsletter. Thanks so much, everybody. And we will see you again next week. Have a great day. Bye-bye.